yes, yes, y'all, and you don't stop. And one, two, calm says the beast is sure shot. Come on, Dre, yes, it's common yes. sense. I used to love her. Damn. You said his name. It's one of the tightest like, cuts of for real. all time. I met this girl when I was 10 years old. And, and what, what I, I love uh, most, she has so much soul. She was old school when I was just a shorty. shorty. Never knew throughout my life she would be there for, for me. me. Yeah, man. <laughs> See, that's why I write and don't write. <laughs> for real. That song be reminding me of us. It does? Yeah, back in the day. You remember that feeling? Just... How hip-hop used to make you feel, mm, especially mm. back then. It was so real. It was like air. You remember how you felt? The first time you heard the bridge is over. Oh. The first time? Yep. That was real. Ooh, or um, you got to chill with the, oh, uh, the sophomore the so skate party. Vanita <laughs> <laughs> Applebaum, uh -huh. that was a tight one. Mm -hmm. And Paul Revere. Oh, I used to love that. Song. See, now that beat was tight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, it came with it. Mm -hmm. This is KCWG, thetruth.com, and the name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome, and for those who are in the know, y'all already know where that was from. That was from the movie Brown Sugar, starring Sanaa Lathan and the good brother. Oh, my goodness, it slips my mind at, my, at the moment. Oh, man, he played in The Best Man. Oh, I'm so embarrassed right now. But the classic movie Brown Sugar was about the resurgence and the love for uh, original and good hip-hop from back in the day. And that scene was two uh, lead characters uh, talking about their love for what has been lost in the world of hip-hop. So I wanted to have that conversation tonight with our guest. This good brother is a podcaster in his own right, a part-time investor, originally from Sacramento, California, but still residing in Northern California. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the very first time to Psychotic Bump School, the good brother, Mr. Glenn Boyd. Mr. Boyd, are you there? I'm here. Appreciate it. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, man, it is a pleasure and a blessing. Well, Brown Sugar is a, a stone-cold classic, my brother, and the whole premise of that movie was the notion that I want to get back to what has been lost. I want to do something real. I, I don't know what's happened to our music, but I sure miss the good old golden years. So, my brother, what are your thoughts on that? When you think about how rap has progressed or the, the genre of hip-hop as a distinction, uh, what are your thoughts on how music today is impacting our millennials? Interesting, interesting. Um uh... To your point, who you were trying to think of was Tay Diggs. Thank you. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's who, that's who was the other star of the movie. So, I mean, for me, hey, I think, hey. you know, I'm, I'm at a, a good age because, you know, I'm mid-30s, so I, I got that golden yeah. age of hip-hop, but also can relate to the new. And I think, I mean, from what I see, the main, the main difference now is the way the business impacts the music. Um, at the tail end of that, you know, golden age, if you will, the music industry really started taking its foothold into hip-hop and the capitalism started uh, shifting the consciousness, if you will. Now, with the advent of the Internet, you can pretty much create your own sound, create your own way, and all you need is for people to latch onto it and for your streams to go up, and now th that label will look for you. So it really, in my mind, yeah. now it's just it depends on you know what the what the people who are making the music, you know, what drives them, what interests them. It may not be, you know, um, activism. It might be just partying and having fun because they're young. And you create that song, mm -hmm. you get that buzz, you get those millions of views. Now the label comes to find you and they pump your song further, creating that, you know, that difference in, in the game. So whereas before, 
had you had to have skills, you had to be nice, um, you had to say something. Now, you know, you basically need, in a lot of ways, just to have that one hit that catches on, and there's your career. Absolutely. Well, somebody just popped into my mind. I want to talk to you about this article on TrueDread.com. Uh, the, uh-huh. the, the brother, he's in trouble right now, uh, 6ix9ine. He was yeah, a bit, yeah. or is a bit, of a, a internet sensation, and the, right. the jury may may or may not still be out on his his niceness on the microphone. But uh, where would somebody like Six Nine fit into this conversation? Does he represent the, the 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 tendency to give people hope? If if you come from a community such as his, that you can work hard and get somewhere, or is it more indicative of how music has evolved uh, since the ad? advent of music becoming more accessible to so many people? That's a good question. I think it's more of the latter. Um, in that case, I mean, not to not to downplay the young man's work, because, uh, I mean, you know, you still have to record the song, the song still have to be popular, et cetera. But from how I actually heard about 6 9 was from trolling. So if, if you're unaware, trolling is pretty much saying oh, wow. inflammatory <laughs> comments on the Internet to uh, gar- garner attention and, and response. And in, in the current climate, attention often equals um, monetary compensation, unfortunately. So by picking, quote-unquote, picking fights, starting Internet beefs with other well-known rappers, he gets his name known. People say, who is this guy? Listen to his music. His streams go up. His money goes up. So mm. kind of to your point, I think it's more of the latter, where he created a lane by basically trolling, by it wasn't necessarily about the quality of the music. The music's okay. I mean, I'm a hip-hop head, so... In no way am I going to say he's a lyrical mastermind, but he said himself has said that's not his intent. He wanted to get paid. So I think mm. it does kind of represent that chance to make a way out of no way. However, the way that he did it wasn't because of lyrical talent and music and trying to say something. It was by creating Internet sensation. And, I mean, we kind of see where it's got him, unfortunately. Absolutely. Wow. Well, there, there's uh, positives and otherwise with regard to that. And um, I noticed this article online on TrueDress.com talking about the modern rap uh-huh. music is programming the degeneration of the black nation. And I was fascinated by it because it highlighted some interesting points about how music has changed. Uh, there's one part of the article, and I'm going to sort of paraphrase, that in order for something to be considered popping and slapping, I guess, uh, someone, uh, in quotes or parentheses, probably black, must be murdered for the slightest confrontation. Someone, probably black, must have sex with someone else's significant other. Someone, probably black, must steal someone's probably black money or property. Someone, probably black, must avoid any healthy or constructive method of gaining a livable income. Someone, probably black, must be completely intoxicated at all times and under no circumstances is sobriety acceptable or favorable. My goodness, if this is the state of current music, uh, we are in trouble. Uh, first of all, what are your thoughts of how that uh, piece right there characterized the state of uh, today's music? What are your thoughts on that? I think, uh, I mean, I, I definitely understand what, what, the, what the good brother was saying. You know, when I read the article, I could, I could see how that, you know, when you think of what's popular music, right? But I think the key is that what becomes popular is usually what sounds good. So for me, I think a lot of it just boils down to, the increase in, in talent of producers, the actual beats, the slaps, if you will, that they're making, have has gone up so much that you can almost say anything on the song, and the beat is so good that people are going to dance to it and love it. Um, additionally, there are brothers who are making that type of music. I think J. Cole is a great example because he has actually kind of meshed the two where 
his last album, which was called K.O.D., he used the quote-unquote trap beat sound, if you will, and put real lyrics over it, actually said something, and it was a very, very popular album. So I'm, I, to, in my mm-hmm. mind, it's the way the music game is now based on streams, based on everybody having access, it's not like it was you know, when I was coming up where I might hear a single on the radio or on TV and go buy the CD, and that's all I had of it. Now I can listen to anybody's song at any time. So all you need is to catch my ear for a moment. Um, once the labels get on and push, I guess, a quote-unquote certain agenda, I can definitely see how he could say that because a lot of popular radio is based on, it does seem like it's more party music, but that's also what's played in the club, which typically people aren't, if you're in the club, you're not really thinking about empowerment and um, economic advancement. You're thinking about, quote-unquote, turning up, about having some drinks, about having fun. So I do think that ties into it. Um, But there are people who are making that positive influence, that positive music. It's just now, you know, you do have to find it. Whereas in the 90s, it might have found you, but let's not pretend that, you know, since, since the advent of NWA and many other artists who have actually spoken to try and characterize what's happened in the streets, that we haven't had the violence, we haven't had the misogyny in all forms of music. I mean, uh, when I listen to country music, when I listen to rock music, uh, other forms of music, they also have a lot of these themes, um, alcoholism oh, or drug abuse, violence against women, unfortunately, you know, uh, misogyny, whatever the case may be. I mean, now we're talking about our specific form of music, but I do think that there are people who are making the positive. There are people who are making just party music. And the real key to me always is going to be parenting and mentors because that's who's going to actually drive mm. your, ultimate, your ultimate goal, your ultimate decision on which way you're going to go in your life. Mm, come on now. This is KCWG, the truth.com. My name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome, and we're talking tonight with influencer, the good brother, Mr. Glenn Boyd, breaking down modern music and its impact on millennials. Well, let's talk about some of that, because you already mentioned J. Cole, and you sort of did a reflective flourish there as well when you talk about, you know, days of yore and, uh, you know, days gone by in the 90s where music was a little bit more conscious. And we had, like, Public mm-hmm. Enemy. We had Boogie Down Productions. To a certain extent, yeah. uh, we had Tribe Called Quest who uh, sort of modernized uh, the way hip-hop production can, you know, really be presented by bringing in a lot of jazzy elements to it. So if J. Cole is one example, um, what are your thoughts on people like Cole, Kendrick Lamar, uh, J.I.D., I think that brother is out of Atlanta, I believe, but he's real nice on the mic. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. yeah, so what is it that still, can we draw from these artists a little bit of the, the, the classic elements of conscious hip-hop that can sort of inform our appreciation for modern music. Uh, tell me your thoughts on that. How do J. Cole and the Kendrick Lamars compete in today's music market? Absolutely. That was a, a great question and very well-formed. I think um, when you think of J. Cole and you think of Kendrick Lamar, J.I.D.'s coming up. He's actually signed to J. Cole. Um, you're seeing young brothers ah. who have taken that mold of, you know, of your of, of yesteryear, if you will, by creating not only music that sounds good sonically, but also by saying something. Kendrick and J. Cole were the two I would definitely mention. Um, and there's, there's more out there, but I think those are the, the two that are the most prominent, have been the most successful, and haven't compromised their lyrical integrity for monetary gain. So Absolutely. J. Cole well, me... and Kendrick, um, go ahead. 
J. Cole and Kendrick have been uh, two of the younger brothers who have come onto the scene, who have spit real lyrics, who have talked about raising the consciousness, who have talked about um, empowering their people, who have, kind of in the vein of Tupac, have been able to tell you the problem, but also a potential solution or a way out. Uh, I think that they represent, you know, a good uh, medium between the younger cats and the golden age of hip-hop, if you will, where you did have the Karen mm-hmm. ones and the Rakims and the uh, Common Senses and Ice Cube and Chuck D's and all those brothers who did speak to that consciousness um, that they wanted to, to impact. I do think it's, it's key to note that even with all those amazing artists we had, you know, everybody didn't become an activist. Everybody didn't do positive. Every, you know, people are still people, and they're going to do what they do. You can speak, you know, positivity and hope to make the change, but kind of in the end, you know, your, your neighborhood, your influence, who you are as an individual is going to drive what you do, not necessarily the music. So to Kendrick and, and Jay Cole's point, I think they represent a great medium between still saying something but also having great production to get the party, party happening, party jumping, and also can make you think while they – they do their thing on the microphone. Absolutely. I got a little excited a minute ago because you were making me think about so many different things, particularly Kendrick Lamar. You remember maybe a year or more now ago, Big Sean released this single called Control, and Kendrick Lamar appeared on it along with Jay Electronica, and Mm -hmm. everybody was buzzing about the verse that Kendrick Lamar dropped, and people were talking about, well, the, the, the beat is whack, uh, or the beat wasn't whack, but the lyric was so powerful that he really just made other MCs not even want to rap anymore because he, he came so tight with it. Uh, what are your thoughts on just the, the, the skill set of being able to drop verses like that in, in today's uh, modern music? And what does that do to elevate the game in terms of raising the demand excuse me, raising the demand for something really substantive while still appealing to a young market because Big Sean is not an old dude, you know what I mean? So he had good sense enough to keep Kendrick on that track when, you know, he didn't have to because he really in some instances outshined or outshone Big Sean on that track. So tell me your thoughts on that control freestyle and what it did to elevate the game in hip-hop. Wow, that's a great question. Um, I'm, so I remember when that came out, I actually have a, a good friend of mine, my brother David, uh, who I went to, uh, we went to Morehouse together, and as soon as I heard it, I called him, because that's usually who I talked to about hip-hop, and we were buzzing, we were going crazy. Everything you said is absolutely correct. And I think right. it's key to note that Jay Electronica and Big Sean both had good verses. It's just Kendrick yes, was so high over the moon that it was hard to think of anything else but what he had done. To your point, right. I think it does elevate the game, but unfortunately it only elevates some. It only elevates those with those aspirations of being the best lyrically. A lot of mm. uh, the entertainment industry, a lot of musicians, rappers, etc., truly, you know, they're trying to get out of their situation, and I can never blame somebody for that. Uh, they're mm. looking at it as a money-making venture strictly. So what do I have to say? Who can write this? Give me the best beat so that I can make my money and, you know, do whatever else I want. Kendrick right. came out, and he's always been, you know, I've, I've been a fan of Kendrick for quite some time now, um, back to the mixtape days with Section 80 and, you know, the other albums before that. Yes. He's always been Absolutely. someone who's tried to be a top-notch lyricist in the vein of that of the old school where you had to say something, where everybody who got on the mic, you know, if you're in a battle, if you're in a cypher, the point is to be better than the person who just went before you always. 
And That's I think right. he spoke to that that uh, tenet of hip hop and tried to elevate the elevate the game and raise the bar. And he did for some for those top artists who are really lyrically um, tight like that. Your J. Cole's, et cetera, even even Big Sean and and you know cats like Eminem who are a little bit older but still heard it and are like, okay, you know, I can I can still do this. I think verses like that do elevate the game because it brings the lyricism back and it makes everybody buzz so much that if you were an artist who was who wanted to say something and were kind of concerned you couldn't spell, you see that and say, wow, like, you know, I needed to be my best lyrically and do my best lyrically to elevate the game and to really represent my talent. And I think that's what Absolutely. Kendrick did with that song. And it's, man, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. You just, thank you. <laughs> right? I kind of wish I had it queued up tonight. Miscellaneous minds, never explaining the minds Devilish grin for my alias, aliens in response Peddling sin, thinking maybe when you get old you realize I'm not gonna fold the demise I don't smoke, I'm the f*** I sell it Everything I rap is a quarter piece to your melon So if you have a relapse, just relax and pop in my disc Don't you pop me the f*** pill, I'ma pop you, then give you this Tell flesh to drop a bomb on this So many bombs win the alarm like Vietnam on this So many bombs make Farrakhan think that's a dime in this one at a time, I line them up and bomb on it. Mom, when she watching the kids, I'm in a destruction mode. If the gold exists, I'm impotent like the Pope. I'm a Muslim on poke. I'm Machiavelli's offspring. I'm the king of New York, king of the coast. One hand, I juggle them both. The juggernauts all in your juggler. You take me for jokes. Live in the basement, church pews and funeral faces. Cardio bracelets for my women friends. I'm in Vegas. Who the f y'all thought it's supposed to be? If Phil Jackson came back, still no coaching me. I'm uncoachable. I'm unsociable. F y'all clubs. F y'all show Instagram. Get gobble these. Got what up to you? Hiccup. My big homie corrupt. This the same flow that put the rap game on the crutch. Yes, 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 yes. I see transform like villain Decepticons. Molly's probably turning the fucking Lindsay Lohan. A bunch of rich white girls looking for parties. Playing with Barbies. Wreck the Porsche before you give them the car key. Judge me to the monarchy. Blessings to Paul McCartney. You call me a black beetle. I'm either that or a Marley. I don't smoke. I'm dressed in all black, this is not for the fan of Elvis I'm aiming straight for your pelvis You can't stomach me, you plan on stumping me I been jumping for you, put a gun on me Chop up one on yours, I'm shining Connery James Bond with none of you Climbing 100 mil in front of me And I'm gonna get it even if you're in the way And if you're in it, better run for peace sake I heard the barbershops being great debates all the time About who's the best MC, Kendrick Jigger and Nas Eminem, Andre 3000, the rest of y'all New, just new, don't get involved And I ain't rocking no more designers White teams and Nike Cortez This red Corvette's anonymous I'm usually homeboys with the same I'm rhyming with, but this is hip-hop And them, you know what time it is And that goes for Jermaine Cole, Big Crit Wale Pusha T, Meek Mills, ASAP Rocky, Drake Big Sean, J Electron, Tyler Mac Miller I got love for you all, but I'm trying to murder you Trying to make sure your core fans never heard of you they don't want to hear not one more now, no verb from you. What is competition? I'm trying to raise the bar high. Who's trying to jump and get it? You're a better off trying to skydive out the exit window with five G5s with five grand with your granddad as the pilot. He drunk as f trying to land with a handful of arthritis and popping prosthetic leg bumping pock in the cockpit so that that pops in his head. It's an option of violence. Someone heard the steward and said that your parachute is a latex condom up to a dread.
definitely going to have to have you back because uh, before we let you go, we got a couple minutes left. You talked about uh, sort of the impact on community. And when you think about the, the lyrics and some, not all music, but in some, and to your point again, I'm glad you mentioned this too, it's not just hip-hop that we're talking about. It's, it's country music, it's metal, there, there's pop music, of course. Everybody has this problem. It just so happens that we're focusing on hip-hop today. But Correct. when you think about the impact that it could have on the community, uh, and you talk about misogyny and hip-hop and the whole thing, and I think about relationships and how the lack of respect for black women and women in pick, uh, period tends to permeate uh, modern music. And it's not just this generation either. My generation, generation before that, we've all had this problem. So what can you say as to what the, the elevation of the game could mean for the, uh, the, the aspect of communal relationships between black men and black women? What are your thoughts on that? Another uh, great question. I think it's, right now there are some, you know, I do think of some, some songs there are some artists that are trying to speak to that I think it's it's difficult because it's such a deep topic when you think about you know uh, inner uh, that, that kind of relationship dynamic between men and women and dating back I mean like you said generations before all the way back to when we first came to this country were brought to this country and how our um, relationships were created we weren't allowed to create them they were created for us and how that permeates and and carries on through through society. So musically, I mean, when I instantly think of that, I do think of like Talib Kweli uh, with Brown Skin Lady with Most Deaf for Black Star. I think of Goody Mob, yeah. um, Beautiful Skin. I think of more songs from the 90s where it was kind of preaching that appreciation for, for the black woman, for women in general. Right now, I can't think of anything off the top of my head besides maybe like a J. Cole, a Kendrick, guys like that who are actually trying to do that. Uh, there's not a whole lot that really speaks to trying to enhance that relationship. That just comes to the top of my mind. I do think there are a lot right. of uh, women who are who are in hip hop who actually have the talent, the Rhapsodies, et cetera, um, who yes, you know, kind of can kind of generate that that feeling of of respect because you also got to respect her her talent, but also just understand that these are our moms, our sisters, our you know, our doctors, our lawyers, just such important pillars of the community, but. I mean, to your point, I think the music could definitely enhance, but it really doesn't. There's there's nothing I can yeah. think of um, off the top of my head, and I haven't, you know, I wasn't prepared like research-wise to think about it. But I listen to a lot of music, right. and I can't think of anything that jumps to my mind that, like like I said about those other songs from the '90s, that is speaking to enhancing that relationship, to trying to grow that relationship from, especially with the young men. So I think part of that is just like I said, parents and mentors, um, your own relationships with the women in your life. Uh, what and also, you know, what you think is going to make money? Truthfully, right. a lot of this, it's, it's a money-making venture. So people are saying what they think is going to get paid, and unfortunately, it yes. often is uh, degrading to the women. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to give you a chance to um, uh, come back and talk to me more about that. Um, I, I, I think to. Common is an artist that uh, tries to embody that. And as far as the sisters, uh, I know of a rapper named Lakili 47, as well as Rhapsody, who you just mentioned. Uh, there's uh -huh. definitely some people out there that are putting it down, and you have a good handle on that whole thing, my brother. So uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, if we were to keep in touch with you, Mr. Boy, what's the best way we can follow your work? Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CaliGB, C-A-L-I-G-B, 
or uh, my music page, which is at now slapping at N O W S L A P P I N. I also operate a podcast under that same at now slapping moniker, which you can find on Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. And everything we talked about today is kind of what I try and do with the podcast by playing music and talking about it. So thank you very much for having me. It's been a great conversation. I really appreciate your time, brother.